All right. We're going here. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the show. Uh, I got a treat for you. Larry's fired up, so <laughs> y'all get ready. Uh-oh. Uh I, ha oh, I have some, some things to update. So we, we recorded an episode that was really good, and I wish y'all could hear it if Skype hadn't deleted the video. But we, we had a listener send us an email, and, and we asked him to come on the show, and we were going to ask him all kinds of questions, and we did, and it was, it was wonderful, and we had a great time, and I went to download it to get the audio off of it, and it's gone. Skype freaking deleted it. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, you do now. Um, so Damn, the last that was, that was a good one. Oh, I know. It was, it was so good. Uh, and we just have to take our word for it. Um, so I uh, and I just uh, yesterday uh, will be the it'll be the episode before this one. Uh, I talked about I did a YouTube video. It's on Facebook as well about does Landstar really take thirty five percent. And uh, that, that's that's something that everybody needs to hear about. So I got my opportunity to rant and rave yesterday by myself. So now we're going to let we're going to turn Larry loose and let him talk about some stuff that's been aggravating him this week. And I'm and I'm with him on this. We we talked just a few minutes about this before we started recording. But uh, you know, here here's here's what I love real quick. Here's what I love about this this format and this environment that we live in. There are no rules. We we turn on the microphones and we make the rules. And so we can say anything we want to say, any way we want to say it. And there's nobody anywhere to tell us no except our listeners. And if y'all like it, great. If you don't like it, that's okay too. Um, but a, a, a good friend of mine uh, has a line that says, the truth will make you mad before it makes you free. And so sometimes we may have to take a chance on making you mad and hurting your feelings a little bit in order for you to get the information you need to set yourself free from the slavery of your own mind. So, Larry, go ahead. You may or may not know, but we had an unexpected vacancy in our fleet. Without going into too many details, one of our drivers has got a personal situation at home and, and he needs to be there and and he can't stay over the road. He's going to have to get back into a local situation. And this has kind of been something we were a little bit concerned about, but all of a sudden it's gotten to be where now it's, it's happening. So we've been looking at all of the applicants that we have had from all you great listeners who listen to the podcast and, you know, have, have submitted uh, applications and whatnot. And so we started going through those and, and trying to figure out who would be a good fit in this unusual situation because we're kind of under the gun here. The sooner we get somebody on, the sooner he can get to doing what he needs to do. And so it's not like it normally is with us where we've got plenty of time because we're buying a truck and we've got to get the truck refurbished. And, you know, you got plenty of time to, to, you know, to go through the process. We're kind of looking for someone that could get on with us sooner rather than later. So anyway, what I'm getting at here is that it gave us a chance to go over a lot of these applications and, and we, we, we sent out letters to everybody that we had emails for, um, I was a little bit disappointed that either people don't read their email or it went into spam, but whatever the reason was, we didn't have a great response to the letter. So again, giving you benefit of the doubt, I went through and I sent a text to everybody that we had emails for and phone numbers for, and we had a much better response on that. So it made me think that the email thing, either you guys don't read your email or this just went in spam or you didn't see the subject and you deleted it. So we got the text. We got several people that expressed an interest and we set up a, some uh, interviews over Skype with Chris and the interviewee and myself. And, you know, we sort of narrowed it down to a handful of people and, and, um, and, and, it became obvious to me during the scope or the course of these interviews that some of you all, most of you all, all of you all, you just don't get it. I mean, 
you're worried about things that don't matter. Let me kind of just say what I want to say here, okay? And I'm not going to step on anybody's toes because it's not directed to any one individual. It, it was a theme. There, there was a theme. Let me remind you what we do. And, 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 and again, I, you know, here's what, here's what aggravates the hell out of me. We've probably got 20, 25 hours of podcasts between the two of us since episode 49. We've got 15 episodes out there, and they average an hour, some of them an hour and a half. So I'm just going to say 20 hours, okay? And then we spent at least an hour or an hour and a half on a Skype interview, sometimes another hour or an hour and a half on the phone. So after 26 potential hours... We got people asking questions that don't make a hill of beans worth of difference about what we're talking about here, you know. So let me just remind you, all right? We we're not a, we're not a trucking company. I know we think we are, and I've said many many times we don't hire truckers. We're not looking to hire truckers. We don't provide jobs to truckers. Now you may go, well, what the hell? It's Blue Ribbon Logistical Solutions. It is. But think of this, okay? What we are doing here is we're, we're using trucking, specifically over-the-road trucking at Landstar, to provide an opportunity for a select number of people to be able to change their life and become wealthy, accomplish more than they ever imagined they ever would accomplish. And, and trucking is just the, it's just the, the, the tool that we're using to get there. So we provide you a really good job so that you've got a source of income while you're learning these life skills that we teach here on how to become, you know, successful well whatever whatever phrase you want to use accomplish your go goals get rich own a truck be free whatever it is that you want to do whatever you want to call it we provide the opportunity to do that and oh by the way we don't charge you anything for this we get paid because you driving our truck generates a profit enough profit that we can pay you and above way about speaking let me just update you on so i got an email today owner operator income fell as market cooled in 2019 the average owner operator net income last year was sixty two thousand nine hundred ninety two dollars as reported by atbs the largest accounting service for owner operators in the country the the lowest paid driver in our fleet last year, had he been here for a year, would have made seventy to seventy-five thousand dollars more than the average owner-operator. With, listen to this now, zero risk, zero risk. The average owner-operator has a big truck payment, a lot of risk, a lot of of um, of stresses and anxieties, and running a business, and 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 being responsible for a tire blowing out, and and everything. Nothing. My driver has none of that. And the worst driver, worst, the lowest paid driver I had made well over what the average owner operator made last year. One of my drivers made one and a half times what the average owner operator made last year with zero risk. So I digress. I have a question. When ATBS publishes that, do they have any breakdown on that versus who's leased and who's independent? Or are they, uh, they just do, saying the average? They do. I didn't get into the weeds. Uh, this was a headline. I know from other headlines that lease operators made more than independent owner operators the past two years in a row. So uh, you can read the It's an Overdrive newsletter. It's Overdrive magazine. If you want to read it yourself, just there's a digital version of this Overdrive magazine. You can Google it and go there and read it yourself. I'm just reading you the headline. But the point I'm trying to make is that we provide a job, a trucking job, not because that's our end game or our end product. It's, an, again, a means to, it, to, the, to an end. It, it's, the, 
it, again, is a tool. It, it, it allows you an, a, a good income while you're learning how not to be an owner-opper making $62,992. If that's all I made as an owner-operator, I wouldn't be one. I'd be a company driver for somebody else. I, I'd work for me. I got a guy making almost $100,000 who doesn't have any responsibility. Why would I want to be an owner-opper owner making $62,900? Well, I know why it happens, but that's what we're trying to teach you, how not to be in that situation, you know? And it and it's and it's easy to understand, but it is not like anything else that you're going to find anywhere else in this industry. And nobody else will tell you. We tell you for free. Uh, our boy Boogie L, Hell Boogie, he 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 made fun of us because we give it away every every knock. We give it away. It's no secret, you know. You come here, we'll give it to you every day. We'll remind you of it every day of how to do this and how to do it. We just put together a little spreadsheet that will tell you exactly how to make money at Landstar. A lot more than that. If our drivers that work for for me right now own their own trucks, the least of them would make $150,000 a year. The most, the biggest one probably make close to $200,000 a year. But they're not ready for that yet. They're not financially ready. They're not ready business-wise. They're not ready in, in lots of ways. They will be, but right now they're not. And so rather than be one of the nine out of ten who get in this and fail, they're smart enough to understand that they need to come here, get the education, do it right the first time, and not after they've gone bankrupt. Now, one of my guys wasn't smart enough to do that, but that's a different story. He'll tell you all. He's already told you all about that. Mm-hmm. But the point I'm trying to make is that if you're comparing our job with the job you have right now, you're missing the point. We're not, we're not, we're not hiring you to come drive a truck. You know, We're giving five people a year the opportunity to come here and learn how to run a, a, a trucking company, make and save enough money to get wealthy, and then move on and do something else. Or, or if, if you choose to stay, that's up to you. But we only use trucking because it's such an easy way, a place to do it. The entrance, the, the entry point is low. The bar- barrier to, um, to entry is very low. It doesn't take a whole lot of, uh, it takes zero experience. So it, 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 it just so happened that trucking was our, our, the tool that we chose to, to, to do this in. But that's not what we're trying to do is hire and make truckers, you know. So that's the point I wanted to make is that if come here for the education, come here for the experience, come here for the knowledge, come here to learn all the different aspects of your life. You know, we, you, you can come in here and, and, and learning how to find loads and learning how to work with agents. That, that's, that's a part of it, but that's, again, just such a small part of it, you know. Coming here and understanding what a profit and loss statement is, understanding what economics are, understanding market forces, understand that's what's going to make you successful, okay? Not whether or not you can find a load in Chicago and back, you know? That's taking the training wheels off the bike. That's all we're doing there, you know? Uh, but what we want to do is take you from a bike, from a, from a regular old bike to a, to a 10-speed, you know? Well, those other nine speeds are the things that we're going to teach you that you're not going to get anywhere. I'm certainly going to get it working for a trucking company. And so when you come here and you, and you compare my job, air quotes, with the job you have, I, I, that offends me a little bit because that's not what we're doing here. We're not giving you a job. We're not trying to sell you on a job. You know, The job is just the thing that allows you to afford the, the opportunity to take a year and a half to come spend with us to learn this other stuff. Without having to, you know, I mean, think of us as a, as a community college, okay? You get to go to school, but you don't have to move away from home, okay? You don't have to move into the dorm. You can stay living at home. Think of it that way. You're just, you're going to move your you're going to move where you go to work from where you are now to, to here and do the same thing you did before for the most part. You're going to get a college education. Not only are they not going to give you an education, but they're going to try to do everything they can to keep you from leaving, you know? And by the way, half the things they want to do to keep you from leaving are the things you don't want to do, like lease a truck or rent a truck, you know. Um, so that's my rant, but I'm going to pause here and let Chris keep me on track. But that's kind of the thing that I wanted to 
the point I wanted to make is that compare apples to apples, you know, uh, and, and, and when you do that, you, you find out that the, we, we have a very, very unique opportunity for a very, very small number of people. And when we talk to somebody and, and, and you think that this is a lateral move because you're not making that much more money. Or the truck that you're driving is an older truck, and the truck you driving is an automatic Volvo. You're missing the point. You're missing the point completely. That's not what we're here for. You know, you identified yourself as so you listen to the podcast for a reason. I don't know what it is. I wouldn't listen to them, but I'm not you. So you're you're here because you starve for you're star for for information. You're star for knowledge. Okay, I get that. And we're providing it. But yet you come here and you tell me you want to go to work and, and you compare the job you have with a job that we give you here. That's the part that pisses me off because that's not what we're about at all. Not at all. If that's why you're coming here, don't come. Don't Please don't send an application in for, to drive a truck for us. We don't, we don't need it. We don't want it. Now, if you want to learn how to become successful in life and successful in business and become extremely wealthy. By all means, we want you. You know, I, I'm more concerned about your attitude than driving record. Now, we got to qualify the Landstar. They're concerned about your driving record. I could care less. You know, I could care less how many seatbelt tickets you get. Unfortunately, we have to use Landstar because that's the place where we have the best opportunity. So we have to comply with that. But that doesn't mean anything to me. You know, I, I want, I want, I want, I, I'm looking for your attitude. I'm looking for what it is that the things that are important to you that aren't driving related. So anyway, Chris, tell me where I'm wrong. Well, I don't think you're wrong. I, I think the battle that we're, that we're fighting here is conventional thought around truck purchase. There's such, I mean, if any person is going to drive a company truck in this industry, it's going to be a new truck. It's going to be one or two or three years old because the the way you come in the front door of this industry is to come through one of the big training companies, and they're going to put you in a relatively new truck. And so because of that, I think part of that is people believe, well, if I'm going to be an owner operator, I have to own a truck and this is the kind of truck that I've been driving. So I need to have one of these. And then you mix that with the consumerism of the American market. Well, I have to have a new car or a new pickup truck. I can't, you know, uh, I remember years ago when the gas prices shot up and Dave Ramsey was just having a, a stroke because people would go in debt to buy a Prius because they didn't want to pay $40 more a week in gas for their paid for vehicle. It, it was, it was, it was trading, you know, dollars for dimes. It was just, it was stupid. And so I know there are people, uh, I've heard it, but the, the, the general in industry is, is, well, you guys drive those old trucks. Yeah, because it works every single time. Every time it always works. It never, it never not works. You know, the, uh, when I, I wish I could explain and articulate the feeling because I lived it. But if I'm looking in a, it, it's, it could be a lane star groups, could be a trucking group, but I see a post on Facebook about somebody having a breakdown and, and it's a, you know, something to do with emissions. And it literally makes me physically ill because I've lived it. And I'm thinking, I wish you wouldn't have put yourself in that position. I wish you didn't have that truck. I wish you, you know, but we do our trucks break down. Sure. They don't break down very much because we spend a lot of time and energy in preventive maintenance to, to fix things before they break. And that, that that I think right there is a, a fundamental lack of understanding about trucks and maintenance, wherein people don't take the time to learn 
the vocabulary of maintenance and learn about how their truck operate, how it works. You don't have to be a mechanic. You don't, you don't have to be able to actually take it apart, but you need to understand it. You need to understand the basics of it. You need to understand what the parts are, and then you'll be able to identify them, and you can, yourself can look and say, okay, well, that those spring bushings are getting worn out, or these motor mounts need to be replaced, or this belt is worn, or these rubber hoses are getting old. Or you need to have a relationship with a mechanic that you trust, that will get under your truck. Landstar has us do it every 120 days. And and I see BCOs and people in these Facebook groups all the time. They're scared to death of a 120. They're terrified of a DOT inspection because they're afraid it's going to cost them money. It should. It should cost you money. You should take that opportunity. You should look forward to that 120 so that somebody you trust that you've built a relationship with can get under your truck and say, well, yeah, it passes right now, but here's something you need to do right now. So before you get to the next one and let's fix that now before it costs money, because it's a whole hell of a lot more expensive sitting on the side of the road trying to fix something than it is if you take the time and buy the parts cheap and research it out and make time to have that repair done. But there's a there's a basic level of ignorance, and that's a choice of not understanding the basics of how the industry works. And like Larry said, it, it's not about can you pick a load from Charlotte to Chicago. Yes, there's an art to picking loads and putting loads together. There's definitely an art to that, and there's definitely a process, and there's definitely a protocol. And it's something that we've both learned over time of how to take these puzzle pieces that don't fit together and make them fit together in order to have a whole week's worth of revenue. But it's understanding customer service and who the customer is, because it's a lot easier to walk through a difficult situation of a load canceling or a product not being ready or getting hung up in a dock or all of the things that happen to us in this industry that a lot of, you know, a lot of other people in other industries probably don't have to deal with, you know, but we have so many moving parts and so many variables. If you don't have your head screwed on straight and you don't have an attitude that looks down the road beyond what's right in front of your face, it's really easy to get tripped up in small details. And so we just noticed a pattern of people asking the wrong questions when they come to us. And I think that someone will hear what we're doing on the podcast and say, yes, I want to work for them. But then once we begin to talk to them, we hear the questions that they ask. And we understand you're asking the wrong questions because it doesn't matter if the freight's dropping hook. It doesn't matter if it's live unload. It doesn't matter where it goes. It doesn't matter where it picked up. None of that matters. None of that determines whether or not you're successful. Now, the more freedom you gain, the further down the path you get, you know, you start out with us day one, you don't have a lot of freedom. We're going to pick your loads because we're solely responsible for getting you going. And as you go along down the path, we can give you more and more freedom. And then the ultimate freedom is when you have your own truck. Well, when you have your own truck, you can decide what you want to do, when you want to do it, where you want to do it. I don't want to run here. I don't want to run there. I would rather run this. I want to be home these days. You have all of this freedom. But what you have to understand is that that's what trips up a lot of people that come here. Larry jokes and calls it the Landstar Retirement Plan because you come to Landstar as a BCO and there's nobody cracking the whip on you. Nobody, Landstar could, couldn't care less. If, if you sit at home for two months, I mean, they might call you make sure you're still alive and after 10 days they're going to come get their trailer. But they don't care because they only get paid if you get paid. So as long as you're paying for your, your, your fixed costs, they don't care. So there's nobody there to push you. So if you can't self-motivate, 
then you'll come over here and you'll sit too much. You'll take too much time off. You'll, you'll, you know, we heard about a guy this week that what took a load to Alaska in February. I mean, Lord have mercy. Okay. But, but I see, we've been around here long enough to know that we know that guy, whoever he is, bless his heart, pop, saw a load pop up and said probably $15,000, $17,000, $18,000 to go to Alaska. And he's like, Hey, that's awesome. And then he goes up there and realizes, Oh, I'm, I'm going to have to deadhead 3000 miles to get out. That That's, that's the kind I did it. <laughs> I hadn't been at Landstar 90 days, took a damn load to Alberta, Canada and deadheaded 2,500 miles. Well, if you go back to, and I still have those settlements. If you go back and look at those settlements, I had the week before I did that load. I did really well. And the week, the two weeks later I, I did really well, but you take, the two together and that that eight or ten thousand dollar load i took to alberta it didn't it didn't help me so to be clear he did that before he worked for me that's when oh, he was yeah. his own long, PCO, okay long no way i would ever let him do that but the point you're making is that that guy had he came to landstar and he for the probably the first time in his trucking career he had freedom okay because he didn't have to get the load given to him from a load planner through a dispatcher. He found it on the load board himself. Okay. Now, I know a little bit about this guy since we've, you know, he's kind of become the talk of some of the groups. But the guy had a hard time working with agents, had a hard time picking loads, um, was sort of at his end, you know, with um, he, he, he just couldn't put it together. I guess desperate would be the word I'm looking for here. Mm-hmm. Finds this load because when you book a load like that, you get to advance about 50% of that. And he needed the money desperately. So let's say it's a $10,000 load, okay? Five grand in your pocket when you have no money can make you do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Alaska became secondary to the five grand. Now, some of this is my speculation, but I'm pretty probably. I'm probably not wrong. You're okay. you're more right than wrong, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so then he jumps on the load in February and takes the two weeks to get to Alaska. And guess what? The other five grand's gone because he had to buy fuel. And he had to live the two weeks it took to get up there. And now he's in Alaska with no load, no promise of a load. Because guess what? At Landstar, you have absolute freedom. Okay? Landstar will let you make stupid decisions okay and by the way they're not going to bail you out when you do that you run your business they stay out of your business okay so you want to choose a load that goes to on by the way why do you think a load going to alaska in february paid what it paid you know so now we're here and we're in alaska we got no money we just blew through the five grand that we made on this load because we've already spent it before we even got settled Probably his settlement was negative. He probably owed money anyway from from negative settlements prior to that. And now I don't have any money to get out of here, and I can't get a load out of here. I got a deadhead out of here. I got a deadhead all the way back to maybe Oregon to get on freight. What's that cost? What do you do? Well, then you do what he did. You know? So... Freedom, man, that's a that's a tricky word. That's a tricky word, you know. Here's another word that I love to talk about with company drivers. Man, I got a good job, and I love the security I have. Well, let, let's talk about that, okay? Let me go back in my career a long time ago when I was in management in the uh in the automotive industry good job free car benefits good pay prestigious position monday morning you walk in and there's a whole new bunch of faces up in the showroom that you've never met before let me introduce you to our new general manager let me introduce you to his new car manager he's brought with him. Let me introduce you to his used car manager he brought with him. 
Let me introduce you to the service director he brought with him. Oh, and by the way, he brought his own parts manager and own body shop manager. Well, guess what? All that free car, prestige, benefits that I had on Friday and have on Monday. But I had a secure, cushy job. 401k, you name it. Well, that's pretty common in the car business, okay? Mm-hmm. And it's not uncommon in this business. Ask Celadon. Ask 900 other trucking companies that we know of in the news last year how, how those secure jobs worked out. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm 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 gonna say that you can keep your secure job with all the benefits because I know that the only secure job is the one where I'm the one that shaves the boss because anything less than that I don't have the control I can't control. Something that's given to me. If somebody gives me a job and gives me a vacation and gives me health insurance and gives whatever, gives me a fancy truck to drive. Well, tomorrow I can take it away. You know, we talk about one of the biggest problems with the lease purchase is that you can't control the outcome of that because you can make every payment. And the day before you make the last payment, they can take that back because it's a walkaway lease for both parties. So when you talk to me about your good job, I just laugh inside. Okay? Because it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. The only security in this culture is one that you provide for yourself. Mm-hmm. It's the only one. So I don't want to hear about your good job. I don't want to hear about how nice of a job you have. And, 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 because if, if, if it was that nice, you wouldn't be listening to my podcast. If you're being paid by the mile, I got news for you. The company's making more than you make. If they're paying you 50 cents a mile, they're making a buck 50 a mile. Okay? Newsflash. All right? If they're giving you health insurance... It's because they make enough money to pay for that. They're not doing that to be nice. It's not a charitable organization. Absolutely not. It, it, it's, it's a for-profit corporation. Now, some of them are non-profit, but that's not how they're set up. Okay? Yeah. <clears throat> so the point I'm trying to make is that I don't, I'm not competing with that. Okay? You come here, I mean, we do a few things because because I can afford to do it, okay? We give you a vacation you know, after you've been here a year because you, you deserve a week off with pay. You work hard, you know? We do a few things for you. But remember, you're coming here to learn how to become self-sufficient, self-employed, run your own business. I, again, you know, if you if you're the guy who runs the business, the, the benefits are you provide those yourself, <laughs> you know. So sure, we could we could come up with a, with health and health insurance. I don't know why we would do it because we're trying to teach you how to run your business. Okay, well, health insurance is just a it's it's just like house insurance or car insurance or. It, it it it's a it's a something else that if you want it you provide it for yourself and your family. There's no obligation for your employer to do that. That was a that was a a a, a scam that was that they came up back in the 50s when there were caps on salaries, and so the only way they could give you more money is to give it to you in the form of a benefit because of the unions wouldn't allow you to pay them more money than that. That's how all that got started to begin with. So. Rather than do that here, and we, we talk about transparency. We talk about teaching you everything, showing you everything. There's nothing here that we hide. So you know how much we make. You know how much profit is in a load. If I have to give you, or if I choose to give you health insurance, well, guess what? 
some of the money is going to come from me. Some of it's going to come from you. But the bottom line, one of the two of us has got to pay for it. Okay. Now, I personally would rather just give you the money. Okay. I don't, I don't, I don't try to figure out what your car insurance is and provide that for you. I don't try to figure out what your grocery bill is. I'm assuming I'm working with somebody here that has above average intelligence and health insurance is just another one of those things. If you need it, you provide it. Okay. Um, But it becomes a sticking point for some people because they're at a place where their employer quote provides it, but understand I, I promise you, if they didn't provide it, they could pay you more. All right, you're oh, choosing yeah. you're choosing to get paid less money and have a benefit. That's a choice you're making. Well, when you decide that you want to be in business for yourself, and for whatever reason you want to go, and I'm looking through all these applications right here, and I'm looking at the reasons. Interested in the opportunity to learn, going from employee to owner, make top money. Uh, from, um, ready to, ready to submit to the plan and change my life. I mean, all the reasons here that people come here is to move, is to change identity from an employee to an employer or to be self-employed. Okay. When you do that, you have to cut, you have to quit sucking on the tit and walk away. Okay. Because that no longer is part of your identity. You're, you now are the tit. Okay. You're the one that's providing for yourself and for your employers. You know, that's now on you. So you've got to understand that there's an osmosis that you have to go through here to quit being dependent and quit thinking that that secure job is a secure job because it's not. You know, the the security will come with your knowledge and your confidence and your expertise and your ability to 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 run your business successfully so that you you literally are at the controls. Now, getting back to the guy to Alaska, he had he had he made he made every decision. No one made that for him. Okay, now. I'm sure. Like most people, he's got. Well, we know he does because he said he's got truck. He's got a truck payment. He's behind on his truck payment two or three weeks, as I recall, in the thing. All right. All this pressure, doing business the way most people do it, has done nothing but cause him to fail. Now, what if he had listened to us? What if he went and paid cash, paid cash for a truck, and didn't have a truck payment? Um, maybe he would have been better equipped to make better decisions. You know, maybe his problem with working with agents and working and and, and finding loads, I'm sure that, that, that committee of they has taught him to not haul that cheap freight. I'm sure the committee of they has said, well, you can't do this, you can't do that, you don't do that, you don't do this. And he's learned from the committee of they, you know? Um, yeah, they are a bunch of idiots. Where are they now? Where's the, how, many, how many of they contributed to his GoFundMe account? <laughs> zero. That'd be zero. <laughs> okay. So, you know, how'd that work out? Listen to they, you know? Um. So, I, you know, I, I, the point I'm trying to make is that you, there, there's some personal accountability lessons that go along with this. There's, um, you, you know, a lot of people come to Landstar. I had this conversation with, well, I think it was on Facebook today. You know, I see this all the time. Well, I work for Landstar. Matter of fact, you in your Facebook profile says you work for Landstar, which you need to fix because you don't. Um, you don't, nobody works for Landstar except the people down in the corporate office. Landstar is a strategic partner. That's all they are. We choose to do business with Landstar because they are the truest form of the free market that we can find this industry where we can run our business the way we want to run it without outside interference and somebody telling us how to do it. 
and we have the 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 leeway we have the flexibility we have the freedom we use that word again we have the freedom to do what we do even though it's counter to what most other people do we still don't get any pushback from landstar about how we do business you know everybody knows we do we do older trucks okay um, there's a lot of trucking companies we couldn't work with because they have minimum age requirements on the trucks that they lease on. You know, um, I, I've had I've had companies call me and want to know if I would take my fleet there. And the first thing I asked them is, what's your age restriction? It's five years. No, thank you. Why? I don't have a truck to qualify you. Well, can't you change that? Well, yeah, I could, but I'm not. <laughs> Why? You know, a couple of times, a couple times i've had landstar people at landstar in in, in the contract sir want to know if i want to do you want us to get, loan you money for a down payment so you can get a new truck hell no well why why would you want to drive a, an older truck <laughs> i'm like well trust me when i tell you this that if i won the bco giveaway i couldn't drive it to the dealership fast enough mm-hmm. to trade it in or to sell it i wouldn't even trade it in I would sell it and go buy five trucks with it or 10 trucks or whatever they give me. Probably 10. I could care less what they give me because I just give me cash. You know, they probably give away a $125,000 truck. I'm sure I could take it, drive it right back down there and get a hundred for it or 90. I can buy nine trucks. Okay. Keep your new truck. Could care less. You know, we make decisions here with one thing in mind. And that's the numbers. We don't, I've said this before, I kind of make fun of it. You know, I'm not a trucker. My dad wasn't a trucker. My grandfather wasn't a trucker. My mother wasn't a trucker. My sister's not a trucker. I don't know anybody before night before 2008 that was in the trucking business. Okay. Now it is ironic that my son's initials are CDL and I cannot explain that to you, but that is a funny thing that I'll talk about when I get my book published here. But that's the only that's the only premonition that I had <laughs> that I might end up in this business. Okay, but it, it's that's not what's important. What's important is that I run my trucking business like any other business, and that is it has to make sense from a number standpoint. Now I've used this analogy before. Uh, I came up with it really off the cuff when I was trying to talk to a bunch of. Um, expediters down in Laredo one time. I was, we were all happened to be in the same restaurant, and I, we, they, we, they overheard me talking about something, and we got talking. There was four or five of them there at a the table. When we sat down together, and I was telling them this analogy that just came to my mind when I, when we sat there, and it was bubblegum machines. Okay, I said, let me, let me, let's forget about trucking for a minute. Let's let's say that we're in the bubblegum business. All right. So you go out and buy a brand new bubblegum machine and you put it in the mall, all right? And you put bubblegum in it. And you walk up to it and you put a quarter in it and it spits out a ball of bubblegum. That's what the machine does, okay? And so somebody walks up, they see your machine, they put a quarter in it, they get a bubblegum, okay? I come up and I've found an old machine for a fraction of the cost of a new machine, I spend a little money on it, making it look good. I buy the same bubble gum you got, the exact same brand, the exact color. Everything's the same. And I put it in my machine. I put my machine next to yours. But because I don't have the investment that you do, my bubble gum's 10 cents. Okay? And the little kid walks up with his mommy's quarter, and he goes, well, wait a minute. I can get three pieces over here for what I can only get one piece right there. Even a kid can figure that shit out. Okay. So we, sir, we, we sold the same bubble gum. Okay. So let, let me, let me bring this home. You back up to the dock in a 2004 century with a Landstar trailer hanging on the back of it. And you back up to the door, and next to you is a 2020 Volvo with a Landstar trailer backed up to it. And the guy's loading it full of freight, 
Have you ever had anybody walk out in the parking lot and look at those two trucks and go, wait a minute, I'm only going to pay you, or I'm going to reverse that. I'm going to pay you twice as much because you're driving a newer truck than this guy who comes up here in an older truck. Has that ever happened in the history of the world? Okay. No. Nope. All right. No, never will. Okay. But now let's go back to the numbers. All right. That guy has a $900 a week truck payment. I have zero. Okay. When rates, when, when, when I'm looking at the load board and I've got to have $3.50 a mile to move my truck or I lose money, how many loads are on the load board to pay that? Very few. Very few. How many loads are on the board at $2 a mile that I can haul for a very nice profit and pay a driver seventy-five dollars to $90,000 to drive, and I make $1,000 a week on top of that for just owning the truck? How many of those loads are there? Bunch. 30000 Okay. Now, are we getting a picture here? But we're the lunatics. We're stupid. You drive those old trucks. Your truck's not an automatic. Your truck might not have an APU. Yeah. My truck's paid for. Uh-huh. My drivers make one and a half times what the average owner-operator makes with zero risk. Yeah, our trucks break down. Our truck break down. We go to TA and sit in the, sit in the uh, lobby for a couple hours. We're fixed and move on. Your truck breaks down. You got to go to the Volvo dealership and sit there for three weeks, especially if it's warranty. Don't get me started on warranties. It's about the numbers, okay? It's about the numbers. If you're in this, if you're in any business, the only thing that matters are the numbers. If it's not, you're not in business. You're in a hobby, okay? There's a difference between having a hobby and having a business. And I think to, to take it one step further, let's say, for example, you had $100,000 cash. I still can't justify because, you know, well, we're talking about the truck payment and the truck payment takes away from our from our from our income and it you know have to we have to cover that in our even if i had a hundred thousand dollars cash i couldn't justify that investment no more than i could have been justified investing in enron back in the day or the, the opportunity cost of the money i don't care how I don't care how you look at it. Well, I, you know, oh, I had the money. Well, fine. If you had the money, I, I, I don't care what you do. But let, let's look at the opportunity cost of that $100,000 that's gone because the truck's value is dropping like a rock. Right? And we can you buy a truck. We can buy a truck for $10,000. Okay? Put... 20 in it drive it for a year it's lost no value none you know it's still worth 25 you know because of course we've documented everything we've done to it you buy a hundred thousand dollar truck and next year it's worth 50 next week (laughs) (laughs) yeah now folks let me let me this this is a monumental occasion right here This is a truck driver you're looking at right here that just made that comment. A year and a half ago, this was a truck driver, a broke truck driver, okay, that lost his truck. And he just told you from a truck. Now, now, you heard me say it, but now you've heard a trucker say it. Why would you go spend $100,000 on an item that depreciates, okay, even if you had the money? That's a, that, that is a non-numbers-based decision. Now, look, if you've got cash, do with it what you want, 
Okay. But why would you put a hundred thousand dollars into something that's going to depreciate twenty five thousand dollars the first week you own it? Okay. I mean, if you're going to do that, go buy rental property or something that's going to appreciate. Right. Again, now this gets back to the to the wealth part of this. Okay. I mean, there, I'm, I'm sure there's some people that love doing this as it, look, I drove a truck and everybody knows this story. I drove almost 4,000 miles a week, you know, for five years and I made a lot of money and I worked hard and I put the blinders on and I didn't think about it. But now that I'm not driving and I look back at that and I think how hard I worked and I think that do I want to do that again? Hell no. Okay? Hell no. All right? I've been out of the truck now since December. Do I want to get back in it? Hell no. I've got a truck that's going to be sitting empty here for a couple of weeks. I kind of had the idea that I might jump in it and drive it. And then I decided, hell no. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Okay? So, let's do this long enough to get ourselves in financial position that we don't have to do this job anymore. This is a dangerous job. Okay. A yeah. lot of Pete, you can get hurt doing this job. All right. Let's make the money. Let's save the money. Let's invest the money. Let's do something else where you don't have to be away from your family and, and run up and down the road with these morons all the time. And every night you're in a truck stop with 300 other Special people. <laughs> Come let, on. Okay, let, let, let me, I'm on, uh, close this out. I'm going I'm to do this. Look, look, I, I get it because I've been there. It's hard to wrap your head around the fact that right now I am sitting in the seat of a truck that has 1.7 million miles on it that I put on okay. that, that he put on it. Okay. But I mean, that's, I used to hear about trucks that had more than a million miles on them. And I just would get this, ew, you know, uh, uh, it, it, you would, you know, it automatically feel like, Oh, well, you, you can't trust that truck. I trust this truck as much as any other truck that I've ever driven and it has 1.7 million miles. We've got one, one of our trucks in our fleet has less than a million miles and it's at what? 875 or something like that. Right at 900. So on this other side now, I don't, I, I don't literally don't even think twice. You tell me a truck's got a million, three million, four million, five. Okay. Okay, doesn't bother me a bit because I know that I can take any truck you bring me within reason. I can take any truck you bring me that's 04 to, well, really, oh, probably 01 to 07. Regardless of the miles, I can take it to my mechanic. I can say, go over it. He'll go over it. He'll give me a list. That list is probably going to cost somewhere between ten and twenty thousand dollars. We'll fix it, and they'll run it and run it and run it and run it and run it. And as long as the frame don't break, we'll just keep on running it without any hesitation whatsoever. And so I get that's hard to wrap your brain around because I, I had a hard time believing that myself. But now I live it. Well, you know? well think about it. Think about it. Okay. So what what do we have in a truck? We pay ten, fifteen for it. We spend twenty to thirty at, at, at the most, usually on it. We we've got usually between thirty and forty thousand dollars in a truck. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now I just told you, the driver makes seventy five, eighty, ninety thousand dollars in one year in that truck. Okay. Now remember, we've got thirty, forty in it. Okay. The driver just made ninety thousand dollars. All right. I made about 50000 on the truck. 
Okay. Now we've never had this happen, but what if the truck lasted one year and just went, just turned into a pile of dust? We made money. Driver made money. I made money. We helped. Well, is that not the example of the truck that was wrecked? I mean, it's, it's in a pile. It's not dust. Well, yeah, but I mean, it, yeah, but I mean, we got paid from the insurance company on that. So, I mean, right. but let's just say that it just went, it just turned to shit. I mean, it just completely disintegrated. Right. You know, now what if that was a hundred thousand dollar truck? Okay. How many years do we have to drive that to pay for it? You know, I, I guess the point I'm trying to make is that. We don't have to have a truck last 10 years. I mean, right. if we buy a truck and it lasts three years, it, 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 we're way ahead. Right. We're way ahead. Plus the tax advantage I got on the truck because I expensed the whole, because we only pay that much for it. I expensed the whole thing in the year I bought it. So I've got a tax advantage on that thing already because it's now a deduction. Everything I spent on it. I don't pay well, tax. yeah, because I'm sitting here thinking, all right, well, fire, theft, and collision, that's all insurable. So the only thing, literally the only thing that can put a truck out to pasture is a broken frame. Yeah. You know? Everything else we can fix. Everything else we can fix. Well, if it's got good rear, if we're, if we're, if we're going down the road in it, and we're hauling freight in it. The motor's good. The transmission's good. The rear end's good. The tires are good. Everything's good. And the frame breaks. We've got more value in the parts alone. We could literally take some parts and sell them and probably buy two trucks, you know. but Or or keep them and use them to, I mean, right. it's, a, it's a situation we're in right now with a wreck truck. We got paid for it. I got $2,500. Sitting in that pile of stuff, we've already taken seven, eight thousand dollars out of that truck, and parts we would have paid for. You know, we got a we got a hundred thousand mile engine sitting there that's paid for. Yep. And that's and and so to wrap it all up, th th this is the bottom line. Okay. We could, let's say, for example, we could we could make YouTube videos and we could print books and we could have papers and lessons and we could try to write down everything we've ever learned. Right. And we could we could sell it. Here it is. Seventy nine ninety five. Right. Here's our course. But it's not enough. You have to live it. There's so many things that aren't picking a load, that aren't getting loaded or getting unloaded or shifting gears. There's so many things that you have to experience, and that's what makes this unique. Well, when you experience what we're doing and you watch us, because when something happens, if a driver calls – Trying to think of the last one. What was the last one? Oh, oh, driver's truck wouldn't start, you know. And and my phone rings at I don't know, five thirty morning. Hey, truck won't start, you know. Well, my mind instantly goes into A, B, C, D, and within an hour the truck was running and he was and he was going down the road. But because I've lived that so many times in so many different ways, I know exactly how to react. I don't ever go, oh my god, what am I going to do? I know exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to do this. And if that don't work, I'm going to try this. And within a couple of shots, I'm going to have, that's what you have to come here really and learn is, is how do we mitigate the things that are out of our control? And, and it's, it's like, it, 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 you're right. Here, here's, here's the way I would describe it. Knowing and doing are two different things. Everybody knows how to lose weight. Okay? It's not hard to do. Everybody knows that. But how many people actually do it? Okay? You can know. Let's assume that you know how to, how to drive a truck for profit. Now, most people don't. Well, let's just say they do. 
when you come here, we make a commitment to you. We're telling you that, look, you're going to make no less than $70,000, $75,000 a year. Now, how do we know that? Because we know we do it every day, and we know how to do it, and we're going to not let you not do it. Did I say that right? Yeah. In a nice way, we're going to make – look, you can't come here, okay, and not make that because if you if that were to happen, it's because you weren't listening to anything we said and you weren't doing anything we told you to do. And quite honestly, after about two or three weeks of that, we're going to have a come to Jesus meeting. OK, and, and Jesus ain't dying on the cross in this situation. You are. OK, so here. So we're not we're not going we're, we're you're in a situation where you're learning all this information but we're kind of making you do it our way. So you're not only getting the knowledge, but you're getting the actual activity of doing it. It's hands-on. It's earn while you learn. It's do as we say, you know. And, and by the way, do as we do, you know. So it, it, it's not like we're, we're going to sell you a book and say, here's what to do. And then you throw the book over the side and keep doing what you're doing. That's not how this works, you know. Uh-huh. We 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 do we 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 live it with you just like the guy with the with the breakdown that morning. Okay, now he knows that happens again or something else happens again. He develops uh, the ability to triage just like you just did because we're walking again. It's that transparent. You know, we we could have gotten on the phone and got that all done, but we involved him. You go do this. You go do that. You check this. You do that. Now he understands. You know, um, you get a load canceled. You call the agent. You do this. You do that. You we involve you in the process that we're going through, so that you learn under our supervision what to do. And guess what? In a year, year and a half of doing that. All you got to do is, if you're in position to go buy your truck, we'll help you do it. And you just keep on doing for yourself what you did for us. And you won't be making $69,322 a year. You'll be making $150,000 minimum. Okay? Uh-huh. So you didn't come here to get a $69,000 or $70,000 or $80,000 job. You're coming here because you know that as a successful owner-operator, doing business right with low cost and no truck payment and, and, and using numbers to make your decisions, you know that you can make $150,000 to $200,000 at Landstar pulling dry van freight, okay? Not doing oversized specialty permit stuff, Okay. You know you can do that. That's the that's the that's the lure on the line. Not come over here and have another job that's like yours for a year while we're doing this. And that's my whole point. Is we're not trying to give you another job. We're trying to give you the tools and the experience and the know-how and everything it takes to to change your identity from that company driver that's making fifty cents a mile. And the only way you can increase your income is to drive more miles and, and by the way, run the cost of that truck up. Come here and drive half those miles, make $150,000, $200,000 a year when you own your own truck. after This is a no-brainer to me, but this is why I'm so frustrated this week is because somehow or another, through 26 hours of us talking about this, we have not gotten the point across. We have failed somehow to make the point. So pardon my approach tonight, but I'm trying to make you understand that's what this is about. It's not about giving you a job. It's about changing your life, changing your identity. You're expressing the desire to do this, okay? We're giving you the chance to do it. And by the way, we're going to give you an a, a, a parallel jo- job in the meantime, if you want to call it that, so it doesn't cost you money to learn. It, you get to make money while you're learning. And you get to work for a pretty a couple of pretty damn nice people, I think. So, <laughs> Most of the time, anyway. Anyway, I rest my case, Your Honor. 
All right. Prosecution well, rests. I, uh, I, I agree, you know, but it, but it is, it is such a hard thing because it's just the society that we live in is, is one way and we're doing something completely different and completely counter to everything that everybody else is doing, but we're winning with it, you know, and, and it works. And we, you know, we know, we recognize that we're going to have to put this into, into paper and video somehow, you know, because there's only so many people who can drive for us. The, we just, our capacity is so small and we want other people to be able to, to learn from this. And, for and, sure. you know, cause look, y'all, I mean, we don't have to do this, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I could, I mean, no. He sure as hell don't have to do it. Um, you know, I could I could easily get my my hands on a truck and go be a BCO and make one fifty and you know, but I'm doing this because I've lived that hell on earth and I don't want you to have to go through it. And he's doing this because he has that heart of a teacher and he enjoys he enjoys business and this is his this is his hobby. You know, this is the stuff that he enjoys doing and so um that's why we're doing this, you know. So, uh, I guess we can call it a, a night on that one. Hopefully, we'll be back to you soon with uh, another episode. Send us an email with any comments or questions. Chris at blueribbonlogistics.com. Larry at blueribbonlogistics.com. We're on Facebook and YouTube. Make sure you go over and subscribe. Give us a like on our videos. And we'll see you next time. Night.